I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. New York Times reports this, quote, senior Trump administration officials have pushed American spy agencies to hunt for evidence to support an unsubstantiated theory that a government lab in Wuhan, China, was the origin of the coronavirus outbreak. That's according to current and former American officials. The effort comes as President Trump escalates a campaign to blame China for the pandemic. Some intel analysts are concerned that the pressure from the administration officials will distort assessments about the virus and that they could be used as a political weapon in an intensifying battle with China over a disease that has infected more than three million people across the globe. Yeah, and at that time, they were just simply toying the line, buying into what they were told to do by Dr. Fake and others. That was MSNBC Nicole Wallace reporting how Trump and his team were still pushing. There's got to be a, this virus came from that lab in Wuhan, Wuhan virus. Welcome to the program, Feb 28, 2023. Well, now, her remarks and how they were looking at dealing with Trump and anyone else who dared question the origins of this virus, they were being slammed, they were being blasted, they were being criticized, demonized. You couldn't say anything against COVID that was not cleared by the leftist control agents. But now we have, according to the FBI, they have with, as they call it, moderate confidence, belief that, yeah, the COVID disease did come direct from the lab. And the Department of Energy has finished its study and says, yes, we believe it came from the lab. We have low confidence, but we still believe it. In other words, both of them are saying, well, partly pregnant, maybe pregnant, maybe not. Bottom line is they're acknowledging. Now, why are they holding back? You'll hear from my guest coming up later, and he'll tell you why they're hedging their words. But Senator Cruz says this is major. This is a bombshell report. You now have two major agencies in the Biden administration who have admitted what I think has been blazingly obvious for over two years, which is that the covid virus escaped from a Chinese government lab and the millions of deaths are a result of that virus escaping from a Chinese government lab. You now have the Biden Energy Department that has concluded that it, that it is more likely than not that the virus escaped from a Chinese government lab. Not only that, the Biden FBI has likewise concluded that is the most likely source. Finally, and yet we're still not getting everything. Senator Cruz says we're going to need to have full hearings and get into details. What do they actually have that's changed their mind that we have not been told? That they're even willing to step and say uh, it's low confidence, but we think it came from the lab. And Senator Cruz points out, remember all the testimony Dr. Fauci was making to Congress? 
I believe Dr. Fauci has lied to Congress, which is a felony, when he has stated that the federal government did not fund, fund gain-of-function research in, in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Since then, the National Institutes for Health, in writing, has contradicted that. And, and if the Biden Justice yeah. Department were enforcing the law, they ought to be investigating Dr. Fauci for lying to Congress, which is a federal crime. To date, the Biden DOJ has been too political to hold Dr. Fauci accountable. That's exactly true. And not only lying to Congress, but looking to the finances, the money he might have been getting from Big Pharma and all the money that was handled between the National Institutes of Health and the Chinese, the Wuhan lab. Now, when Fauci was testifying in front of Congress, Kentucky Senator Rand Paul warned him repeatedly. He warned him, you have to be aware now, you're under oath, you're under oath, and you have to be aware that you could be charged with perjury. And he insisted, Dr. Fauci, you're not even considering the possibility of gain of function. Everything we have in front of us says that it was gain of function. Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. I want everyone to understand that if you look at those viruses, and that's judged by qualified virologists and evolutionary biologists, those viruses are molecularly impossible no one's to result they are. No in SARS-CoV-2. Cause the pandemic. Paul, We're saying they are gain-of-function viruses because yeah, they were animal not. viruses that became more transmissible in human, and you funded it. And you and admit the truth. And you implying, Senator Paul, your time has expired, and I will allow witnesses right. who come before this committee to respond. And, and you are implying that what we did was responsible for the deaths of individual. I totally resent and that. Have and if anybody and is lying here, Senator, it is you. It is you. But has anyone listening to me not been affected in some way by COVID, even if you just had to wear a mask when you didn't want to or you had to keep the kids home? And many of you probably had illness or deaths. And here's Dr. Fake insisting scientists would never declare it came like that. They can't do that. I'm reading right here, former CDC director Robert Redfield said, those who say it has to be a spillover event from nature, he said, that's really upsetting to me scientifically. He said, in my view, this thing was educated in a lab how to infect human tissue. That is, again, the former CDC director, Robert Redfield. Uh, We consider him a qualified scientist right in the face there of Dr. Fake saying, no, no, no. And in fact, Dr. Fake was even quoted in a May 2020 interview in National Geographic. All this talk about coming from the lab, that's a circular argument involving politicians and pundits, really. Well, I've got a guest expert coming up, Gordon G. Chain, expert on China. We're going to get his view on COVID in the lab and why the FBI is kind of tiptoeing around if it came from the lab or not. Also China and Russia. And by the way, out of East Palestine, Ohio, not the Mayor Pete, who serves as transportation secretary, cares, but they're experiencing unusual health symptoms. One healthcare worker said it might be chemical bronchitis. Remember everything they've been breathing in since that train derailment? Is anybody home in the White House? Do they want to take a look at this? Does the transportation secretary dare go back into the area? What we have in this nation right now is a failure to communicate. But we got a lot more coming up for you on this hour. You don't want to miss any of it. Let your family and friends know we're on the air right now. Don't miss Gordon Chain when we continue. 
And I remind you as always, lock and load, ready on the right. Hundreds of homeowners and businesses had or will have water main breaks. Wellington Environmental has a warning. You can clean up the water, but if you're not checking areas where the water leaked in the walls where you can't see it, you could end up exposing your family, your employees, your clients to hazardous mold. Wellington Environmental reminds you, if that mold is not detected, properly treated, removed, that is a risk, a liability you do not want. Wellington clients, including hospitals and schools, trust Wellington to make their environments safe. Call 314-644-4930-644-4930. Triple-A rating with the Better Business Bureau. 314-644-4930. Wellington Environmental. Your world. Cleaner. Better. Safer. Be well with Wellington. You can text Larry right now at Larry Connors USA Facebook. Larry Connors USA Facebook. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. Welcome back. My guest is Gordon G. Chain. We've had him on numerous times. You can find him on Twitter, and I encourage you to follow him on Twitter, at Gordon G. Chain. Every time we have him on, my Twitter account lights up, and folks are anxious every time he appears. He is an expert on China. You might have seen him on various news outlets, cable, stuff. State-controlled media, whatever you want to call some of them right now, but he's there giving you the best facts he can. Gordon, as always, glad to have you join us, sir. Thank you so much, Larry. So let's begin, first of all, your reaction to the FBI and the DOE deciding that they had, uh, the the DOE said low confidence, but acknowledged that they do say the COVID came out of Wuhan lab, and the FBI says it has moderate confidence it did. They're finally stating that after all this time. What's your reaction? I think they probably should be saying they have high confidence that it is. <laughs> and the reason is that the alternative, which is a zoonotic transfer, you know, sounds right. But unfortunately, even after three years, they have not been able to document the links from a bat in southern China to an intermediary mammal to a human in Wuhan. And also, that really doesn't make very much sense, um, given the great distances between southern China and Wuhan. So um, I think that really, if they were honest with themselves, they would not be using lower moderate confidence. Why do you think they're doing that? Why aren't they just being more direct about it? I mean, I suggest that maybe someone said, we need to get out ahead of it because eventually it's all going to be there. So we kind of need to start a PR campaign now. Well, you know, it's probably because they know that the administration is trying to maintain lines of communication with China. And if China is shown to be the source of COVID-19 and was lying about it, then obviously the Chinese are going to get pretty upset. Um, But we shouldn't be approaching it that way. This is something which is either true or not true. We should just let the chips fall where they uh, do. And also remember that the more you cave into China and show that you're intimidated by it, 
the worse the Chinese become. Point. So, you know, we Americans think, oh, you know, if we're nice to the Chinese, they'll be nice to them. No, that's how the communist regime works. And after decades of failed policies, we should begin to understand that. Let, let's uh, let's get into that just briefly. Uh, after World War II, and of course the Soviet Union was our ally, and then it wasn't anymore. And then so we turned more to China, and we had more China imports coming in, and we we're trying to establish trade routes and exchanges and so forth. And we were looking at them as a friendly comp- country compared to the Soviet Union. But at the same time, they're one and the same, uh, even now, and they were then. But we kind of bought in, like you said, that they're friendly. They're nice. We can get along with them. Yeah, and, and you know, during the Cold War, I can sort of understand why uh, Nixon and Kissinger would try to woo Mao Zedong, the Chinese ruler, from Joseph Stalin and Nikita Khrushchev. That made sense. But after the Cold War ended, and especially after the Tiananmen Massacre of 1989, then our maintenance of relations with the communist regime really became questionable. And certainly we're not in the interest of the U.S. And it was wrong, for instance, for George H.W. Bush to try to forget Tiananmen. It was wrong for Bill Clinton to try to build trade relations with China. And it's wrong for Biden right now to maintain relations with the Chinese regime that is, in fact, killing Americans with COVID-19 and fentanyl. So right now, um, there is, I believe, no justification for a policy that says, oh, the lives of 1,100,000 Americans really don't matter. We'll just let them die and we'll not try to think about where this disease came from. This is morally and strategically wrong, Larry. Oh, it is morally wrong. I'm glad you pointed that word out because that was what came to my mind. Now, where do we stand with uh, as we watch China saying, uh, we'll talk to Russia, we'll try to help you resolve Ukraine. Are they well, helping? Yeah, are yeah. they? Are they, and I don't think the I don't think the Russians trust China, and they don't trust the Russians. But I don't like their alliance. No, I mean the Chinese um, and the Russians. You know, a lot of smart people in Washington will tell you that they cannot form an enduring partnership, and and that I believe is true. But the point is, I don't care about the Chinese and the Russians in the year twenty sixty. I care about what they're doing right now. And China, in fact, has been supplying lethal assistance to Russia's war effort in Ukraine from almost the very beginning of the war. And the Biden administration saying, you know, China's thinking about doing that just shows Beijing that Biden is afraid to tell the truth. When you're afraid to tell the truth, things go really bad. And by the way, if Biden wants some support for that, all he has to do is listen to the philosophy of Confucius who told us that it is important to call things by their proper name. The Biden administration clearly is not doing that. You're listening to Gordon G. Chain. You can find him on Twitter, at Gordon G. Chain. Uh, to that point, again, I mean, the Russians have to also be kind of warily taking advice and help from China. Yes. Uh, well, if nothing else, it, it's apparent that China greenlighted the invasion of Ukraine. That was evident from me. the 5,000. All right. The, I, um, you, you were getting ready to back it up, but that point you just made, I want to drive home. you saying uh, that China green-lighted the invasion of Ukraine, told Putin, go ahead? Yeah, this was evident from that 5,300-word joint statement that they issued on February 4th of last year when Vladimir Putin was in Beijing for the Olympics. That was the um, No Limits Partnership. 
And just 20 days after that, Putin invaded Ukraine. So I think clearly, you know, that was a green lighting of the invasion. And from, you know, the very moment of the invasion, we saw China supporting Russia and providing, as I mentioned, lethal assistance. So, um, you know, we don't know those discussions on February 4th, but it was very clear what has happened because we can see what both countries have been doing. So China tells us that we'll try to negotiate a peace uh how do you take that? Well, the, the peace plan, as Biden said, was uh, not rational. Now, I think that that's wrong. It was rational. Um, Biden said it was not rational because it was so one-sided. But what Biden doesn't understand is that uh, the Chinese don't really care about what the United States <laughs> thinks anymore. We're not deterring them. And, and so the Chinese just utterly disrespect Washington by issuing a one-sided peace plan. Does anybody on in that part of the world respect this administration, respect our nation anymore? If you're talking about Asia, um, countries still look to the U.S. because they realize that their security is utterly dependent on us. But uh, it's very telling, a couple of months ago, uh, Yoon Suk-yeol, who is the president of South Korea, who is very pro-American, actually said South Korea should develop nuclear weapons on its own, which is basically saying he didn't trust the United States to defend South Korea because South Korea is under the U.S. nuclear umbrella. In other words, we have pledged to use all our weapons to defend South Korea. And so that was a big vote of no confidence in the United States. And that just shows you the failure of Biden policy towards Asia. Now, the other thing is the Pentagon announced the other day that we're going to expand forces in Taiwan. We're sending U.S. another 100, 200 inside Taiwan. We have about 50 or so now. Uh, And we're told they're just going to go in there and help with training, training purposes for the Taiwanese military. That's a good thing, um, a step in the right direction, but it's not sufficient. I think what we need is a tripwire force in Taiwan like we have in South Korea. Um, the North Koreans could overwhelm South Korea in a couple days, um, but they don't um, actually launch an invasion because we have 28,500 American troops in South Korea, and North Korea doesn't want to take on the United States. It's, I think, the same principle that we should see um, in Taiwan. If we had troops there in more than just the 200, I think China would not invade because it does not want a war with the U.S. Even though it may think it can win, it does not believe it can sustain the casualties. Well, to, to that extent, very quickly, I mean, when, when I hear that we're just going to help train, I flash back to Vietnam. We're just sending soldiers in to help train South Vietnamese to fight for themselves, and then pretty soon we're in a quagmire. Uh, you're saying, though, that if we make it very evident that we're going in, we're putting a force down, a, a firm foot and a footprint of troops that we're here in Taiwan, that that would be enough to tell China, you don't want to come here. Yeah, because defending Taiwan is defending America. We're, we're not defending Taiwan for Taiwan. We're defending Taiwan for ourselves. It is a part in the center of our Western defense perimeter that we've been maintaining for more than 100 years. It is a democracy, and we cannot allow China to absorb any democracy. It makes our computer chips. And also, it has become, whether we like it or not, 
the test of American credibility. If uh, we allow China to take Taiwan, we're not going to have any friends or allies. And I'm talking not just in the region, not just in East Asia, but also in Europe as well, because no one will trust us if we don't defend our friends. The casualty counts in, uh, from Russian troops that have been sent in to Ukraine have been to staggering and probably at the same time hidden 100,000 plus easily. Uh, and that that's got to tell Putin, I'm not winning here. I can't win unless we do something more drastic. And China has to look at that, too, is if they decide, even though they got $1.4 billion, to suddenly surge into Taiwan, the casualty rate. But they don't really care, do they? I think that they do, Larry. Um, if this, they, they, China actually um, was very, very concerned about its casualties in Ladakh in India in June of 2020, where China um, lost something like 45 troops on it when they engaged in a surprise attack against India. They did not admit that for months and months. And when they finally admitted their casualties, they only said four when most people think they had closer to 50. Now, the other thing in our last minute here, this you mentioned we rely on Taiwan for chips and so forth. And we still have American companies doing business with China. When do we put a and halt we shouldn't. to it? Yeah, we shouldn't. When do we put a stop to it? I mean, a firm stop. I'll give you the next 40 seconds, sir. Well, President Biden can do it by uh, it, it, exercising his authority under the International Emergency Economic Powers Act of 1977. He doesn't want to do it, but he absolutely should, because we should not be enriching a country that uses the proceeds of our trade and investment to prepare to kill Americans. Nor use our technology that uh, are basically implant stuff they send us so it can send information back. Gordon, as always, I appreciate you. I know the audience does. We'll do it again, sir. I know you've been on the road, and I thank you for taking time to talk to us. Well, thank you so much, Larry, because the issues you raise are so critical to our future. Thank you very much. Gordon G. Chain. And again, you can get him on Twitter, at Gordon G. Chain. I encourage you to do that. Uh, You're going to see him on every major network and even the leftist networks. They can't deny the fact the man knows his, his information, and so they rely upon a good source, as we do too. Gordon G. Chain, at Gordon G. Chain on Twitter. It's hard to find a car you like, but here's an easier way. AckermanToyota.com. In a flash, you're going to see new and pre-owned. You can quickly select which model you want, price, colors, options, get details on financing, lifetime oil changes, lifetime engine warranty. Just click AckermanToyota.com. AckermanToyota.com. Ackerman Toyota at Hampton, just north of Interstate 44. Ackerman Toyota for life. John Beal is a roofing company trusted all over the Midwest, but also has a national reputation. John Beal is an Owens Corning Platinum contractor. Less than 1% of roofing contractors in the nation meet that professional standard. That's pretty amazing. But John Beal also guarantees you the lowest price. John Beal Personal Service, always going above and beyond. Homeowner, business owner, call John Beal. 1-800-NEW-ROOF. 1-800-NEW-ROOF.
This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. Christians around the world are observing Lent. Now, Lent is a time to commemorate the 40 days Christ spent fasting in the desert. So a lot of people give up various things for 40 days during Lent. Well, the Vatican official newspaper, the Vatican's official newspaper, is urging a Catholics around the world to fast from fossil fuels, to fast from fossil fuels. Which leads me to this next story, and it kind of puts everything in context. There's a 76-year-old journalist who's been covering the Vatican and the popes in the Vatican for decades. In fact, started covering in 1971. And he says, never in the last 60 years has the Holy See, reference the Vatican, in the face of events of international importance been so marginalized. He says, Britain is ignoring the Pope. President Biden doesn't want him. Putin doesn't consider the Vatican an effective means of conducting any negotiations. Now, why is it so many have turned away from the Vatican? Is it because it's out of touch or they've gotten out of touch? I mean, when you have Catholics in this nation pushing strongly for abortion, when the Vatican has made it very clear it's against abortion. Now, again, when we start down a trail talking about your religion and what you think it means and how you should or should not be living your life, I'm not judging you. I don't think anyone on this earth really should be able to judge you. That's up to God. But we do know and we've seen, and now there's more evidence that we're seeing kids who are confused being pushed or pulled and tugged in various directions because they have no direction from their church, their family. I'm looking at a piece written by Ryan Foley, Christian Post reporter. This was sent to me by my boots-on-the-ground correspondent, Andrew, in Chicago, and I'm glad he brought it to my attention. This deals with a new survey from Gallup. It was looking at Generation Z. Now, that's those adults born between 1997 and 2004. And it was surveying as to how many of them related and identified as LGBT. It found that Generation Z has basically doubled. The share of Americans who identify as the LGBT reaching a record of 7.2% in the year 2022. Gallup began collecting data on that identification back in 2012, and at that time it was 3.5%. Now, again, this is not a study criticizing lifestyle, just trying to identify who believes in what and where they are. Generation Z, again, being born between 97 and 2004, has a much higher share of its population identifying as LGBT than the counterparts, such as Generation X, those born between 65 and 80, and certainly baby boomers born between 46 and 64. Identifying as gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, that's something that Folks may or may not make up their own mind about, but unfortunately we're at a point now that children are being pushed and pulled into things just to be with the in crowd. That's why you have a rush and a push to have puberty blockers and transgender surgery. 
Now, when you take all this information and you look at the Gallup survey and you look at how we are seeing children, and I'm talking about children, 12, 13 years old, are they old enough to make life decisions at that point? The answer is no, of course not. And yet, we continue to have the media and activists push and encourage. And this White House has done more than its share of doing so. But there's another story here. Not just identification and maybe wanting to be with the in crowd, but how it's achieved and the dangers. That brings us to this point. We have a situation going on that is just unbelievable. We've got the Biden administration pushing transgender medical care while at the same time quietly bankrolling some research showing that it might be very risky. Does that make any sense to you? No, it does not. This transgender title that they're dealing with right now in the NIH all deals with, of course, gender-affirming health care. The administration's National Institutes of Health is funding multiple studies premised on how little research has been conducted on long-term risk of taking cross-sex hormones and whether if the child gets to have what they think they want at that time, transgender surgery, that it's better for their health. So they're researching and trying to get more information, acknowledging they don't have it. And yet, despite that, despite the NIH trying to do these studies, we still have the administration moving forward and encouraging, basically, transgender surgery and transgender help for kids. This is not going to do anything to help our nation. It's not certainly going to help these kids. It's going to reach a point where we have damaged them so much. How can you possibly push transgender medical care at the same time admit, you know, we don't really know the risk involved here? The database they have at this time list active federally funded research programs 74 of them with transgender in the title they're getting something like 26 million dollars 26 million dollars annually and they're looking to see just how bad uh, cross sex hormone treatment could be everything from bone loss to drug overdose heart attack stroke and that's for infertility and then not even getting into what it's done to the kid's mind. And partly, we all know that a lot of these kids, they're just following a trend. They are following a trend. They may actually have some problems in their lives, and they think it will be solved if I could just have transgender surgery. No, my child, it will not be solved by simply looking at it that way. And it's not helping these kids when they go in for a consultation that takes maybe 15 to 20 minutes. Okay, let's say we'll give them two 30-minute sessions. In that amount of time, you're going to be able to determine? You're going to be able to determine these kids, if they just had transgender surgery or puberty blockers, they would be better? 
we have reached a point, I would not say a point of no return, but we have reached a point where we had to put a full stop, full stop, and then start backing up and backing off. I told you this program will stand for numerous things and God, country, and family, and then also, of course, defend the unborn at the same time. We're going to constantly fight against woke predators preying upon our children, not just their bodies, but their minds. Every time one of them pops up, I will try to dissemble it. I will try to destroy it totally, and I mean wipe it out and preserve our kids. You are listening to Larry Connors, USA. Wow, already 2023, and we're getting closer to opening Napoli Sea. Unique, exquisite, focusing on the finest, freshest seafood, lobster, crab, the best caviar, with a variety of fish specials. Napoli Sea, right next door to Napoli 3 on the streets of St. Charles. Easy to satisfy your seafood craving or the finest Italian food. Napoli Sea, coming soon. Joining Napoli 3 in St. Charles, Town and Country, and Clayton. This is Larry. Larry Connors, USA. Larry Connors, USA. Well, there's going to be something special. Even while my 6 o'clock program is underway, it's underway. The House Select Committee on the Strategic Competition between the U.S. and the Chinese Communist Party holding a public hearing on the threat this nation faces from the Chinese Communists. Chairman of the committee, Mike Gallagher, Republican of Wisconsin, Said, I don't want any partisanship. We need to have a united front against China. He said, our hope is to come away with a better sense of why the Chinese Communist Party is a threat and why someone in northwest Wisconsin or other parts of the country should care about it. So they're going to be discussing in a public hearing, meant for primetime airing, basically, China's increasing military aggressiveness towards Taiwan, The Chinese surveillance program, of course, the balloons, at least the one that certainly floated across our nation. And, of course, also looking at our economic vulnerability and our economic relationships with China. The first hearing is going to feature two former Trump administration officials, a Chinese human rights advocate, and others. And they're doing it again, as I say, prime time. So folks can watch it, see it, maybe pay attention. Hopefully we will gain something. And like the Congressman Gallagher said, not looking for partisanship, we're looking for good answers. Oh, should I tell you, I, the Biden White House has sent word to me they're going to special honor for Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA is going to get special honor for the last three days of Feb. That would be, wait a minute, today's Feb 28th. That would, wait a minute. I got duped. Remember our pledge, one nation under God. 